Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Void were prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. That's because it is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Class is in session with the venerable. Greg Cosell, NFL Films University. It's one of our most popular days because Greg is the man. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. I'm at Ross Tucker, NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod, and I know you guys know how much we appreciate those of you that engage with any of our content in any way. Man, if you just rate and review the show on your podcast app or YouTube or you comment on YouTube, Heck, we have a YouTube comment winner every week with the YouTube shout-out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And then love those of you who take advantage of our sponsors. That's big for us, of course. They're the ones that make the thing go. And then the Spread the Word winner. Really, really easy to do. Again, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. We love the quote post. Just repost the show on Twitter and say, love this episode. Greg's the best. You'll be tomorrow's winner. It's that easy. Patron of the day, Jake Crittenden. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Listen, you listen to the show every day. You might as well be a part of the community of people just like you. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. I just looked at the terms of the contract, and I am contractually obligated to ask you about tonight's game <laughs> with the Steelers hosting the Patriots. I'll say this, like, in all sincerity, Greg, you know, we talked last week about the Steelers' first game with without Matt yeah. Canada and what they did. I think the topic this week with him being out for the next couple of weeks, it's really Kenny Pickett. And I want to I submit something to you. I had several Steelers fans, friends of mine, that before the draft a couple of years ago, they did not want Pickett because the thought process was, Greg, he'll be a pretty good quarterback, but not good enough to actually win championships or win things meaningful 
But because he's from Pitt and because the Roonies are so loyal, you know, he'll be the starter for a bunch of years and we won't really win anything. And I guess I just kind of wanted to put that out there to you. I mean, and they weren't, they're not anti-Kenny Pickett. No, no. They, they just thought, man, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I, I think the thought was they didn't really think Pickett gave them a chance to win playoff games against teams like that. Those are always hard questions to answer, Ross, because, uh, again, you know, there's there's different styles of quarterback. And if the argument is that and this gets into a larger argument about the quarterback position and some people's beliefs that your quarterback has to be a creator uh, beyond just being an orchestrator, then they probably think that then you get into maybe a discussion about Brock Purdy you know can he win Super Bowls because he's essentially a pocket quarterback executing a system at a high level now he has specific traits that maybe Kenny Pickett doesn't have we don't know that yet um you know I think Kenny Pickett at his core is is an executor and a ball distributor who does have good movement ability you know the thing that stood out just watching the small sample size with a different coordinator and a different play caller was that they worked the middle of the field, which they had not done under Matt Canada. They got Pat Fryermuth involved, which is, I think, critical, uh, getting a tight end involved when you have a good receiving tight end. And they were more aggressive throwing the ball down the field. I think we need to see Kenny Pickett in this style of offense before we make that decision. I don't think anybody would suggest, including myself, and I liked Kenny Pickett coming out. He was my number one quarterback in that draft. Although, Talent-wise, you wouldn't compare him to Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Um, but, you know, I think that he can be a high-level executor of an offense. Um, whether that guy can win a Super Bowl, I guess that remains to be seen. Then you're talking about the rest of a team. But I think every quarterback needs the rest of a team to some degree. You know, I think you make a good point, Greg. Um, he absolutely, I would say, has the physical ability that Purdy does. But then that's a whole other conversation Correct. because there's a lot of people that have the physical ability probably that Purdy does, but most of them don't play. In fact, almost all of them don't play the position as well as he does. So like, what does that even mean? And then, and then there's, there's, there's two reasons for that. And just to get it, I, you were probably going to ask me about Purdy anyway this week. So we might as well just jump in real quick. And I'll tell you, there's two things Purdy does at a really high level, which were hard to see in college because the college game is different than the NFL game. But we've seen Purdy now in the NFL do two things at a really, really high level. Number one, he is outstanding at reading a late rotation of coverage. You don't really see a lot of late rotation of coverage in college football, as you know. You know, you do a lot of college games. You know, very few teams, maybe the Georgias, maybe in Alabama, but there's not a hundred college teams that are able to do a ton of late rotation and disguise with coverage. Purdy has proven to be a master at seeing that instantaneously and knowing exactly where to go with the football. And the other thing you don't see a ton of in college, just because it's not necessarily required, is the ability to throw with really high-level anticipation, throwing the ball before receivers make breaks. You don't see a ton of that in college because you don't need a ton of that in college because the game is different with the hash marks. The field is wider. You don't need all that that high level of anticipation. Those are two things that Purdy does at a really high level that didn't show up on college tape. 
Wow, that's a great point, Greg. You know what I've been saying when people ask me about Purdy is, I feel like, and you and I have had this conversation before, we live in such a um, social media yep. highlight clip driven society now that the week before when the Bills played the Eagles, Josh Allen, Greg, he might have had 10 plays where I said to my wife, holy crap, did you see that? Yeah. You know, like, you know, where he ran a guy over yeah. or he made blank and shit miss for a first down on third and nine. I remember it, yeah. Or had like three or four crazy throws. And somebody's tweeted me, Greg, at Ross Tucker NFL and said that Josh Allen is a combo of Cam Newton and John Elway. And I love that because I can totally see it, right? Like I can see the Cam running stuff and I can see Elway when he throws it. You know, Brock Purdy just tore the Eagles up on Sunday. And there wasn't one play where I said to my wife, Kara, watch Brock Purdy here. Like, what, what, watch him. You know what I mean? Because he's not doing plays like that. He's not, his stuff doesn't wow you. So, therefore, so therefore, Ross, and you make a great point. Therefore, people think he's just a function of a system and that anybody can do that. And they're missing the point totally about the entire process of playing quarterback and the, the special traits that he has that, are not physical in a strict sense. You know, when you see Josh Allen drop back and sit on his uh, from his own end zone or from inside his five and just drill an outside void shot to, uh, I forget who it was, to Shakir, I believe. You'll probably remember this play. Yes. You know, where, where he just drives it, you know, 40 yards. I mean, that might be a 40 to 50-yard throw when all said and done, and he just drives it like he's throwing a five-yard ball. You know, Purdy's not going to do that. But Purdy does the two things that I mentioned at a really, really high level, but they don't present themselves as physical traits. And by the way, one reason they ate up the Eagles' defense is because they were so good tactically with what we call four strong. They they had four receivers to one side, and the Eagles played a lot of zone, and it's almost impossible to play four receivers to one side because the zone can't handle it. There's not enough people. Oh, interesting. So that's why they were getting guys open and favorable matchups? Well, and there was so much eye candy in the backfield that the, the two Eagles linebackers, Morrow and Ellis in particular, who of course got cut, um, he really struggled with what he was seeing in the backfield. But that's what the Niners do. There's so much motion and eye candy in the backfield. Uh, and it's not window dressing. It's designed to do, you know, motion... I hate when people use the term window dressing. Teams that use motion, it's not window dressing. There's a purpose to it. And and the Niners do it exceptionally well. The Dolphins do it exceptionally well. Um, more teams are starting to do it because it creates problems for second-level defenders in what they're seeing. So much good stuff here, Greg. I'm loving it. Let's dive into uh, the Rams and the Ravens. Really impressed by what McVay's gotten done ah. with this Rams team. I mean, See? I said earlier this week, Greg, on the show, I think most people, football people, could not name more than five L.A. Rams. They would know Stafford, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, probably Kyron Williams, maybe Higby. Not That's Christian, probably it, Greg. Not Christian Rose Boone, the linebacker? What's that? Not Christian Rose Boone, the linebacker? No, nobody knows who that is. Nobody. Well, you know, it's funny. We're talking quarterbacks, and I just want to mention a play because I think, you know, 
to me, this is the essence of quarterbacking. You know, look, I love just as much as the next guy when a quarterback, you know, makes that special second reaction play. Those are wow plays, just like you were speaking about with certain quarterbacks. But that 70-yard touchdown he threw to Nakua, um, and I'm sure you saw the play, that to me is high-level quarterbacking because Stafford audible to that at the line of scrimmage because he saw the defense. He saw that all the defenders were within eight yards of the line of scrimmage, and the two safeties were on each edge on the ball, and the deepest defender in the middle of the field was Taki Taki, who's a linebacker. So what happens is he saw that, and he audible do a play, and he didn't, you know, that to me is just high-level quarterback. And then he made a great throw, of course, sticking the seam ball to um, uh, to Nakua. But, you know, Stafford, Stafford's still a high-level quarterback who can make big-time throws. What are you expecting from the Ravens in this matchup and moving forward, Greg, without Andrews? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, they still have a really good run game. Um, you know, I think Lamar, for the most part this year, has played at a really high level. There have been some games where he hasn't had to throw the ball an awful lot, so the numbers aren't there. But that's not has nothing to do with Lamar. I think he's he's acclimated to this new offense really well. I think their defense is fascinating to watch. I would argue they lead the league in sacks. Jadavion Clowney is playing absolutely the best football of his career. He looks like a different guy, Ross. He looks lean. He's moving better. He's bending more. He was never a bender. He looks phenomenal. But I would argue that the three keys to their defense and what they can do are the two linebackers, Queen and Smith, and Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is essentially their slot corner now, in addition to playing other positions, depending on what personnel they have on defense and the offensive personnel. But I think those three players are what really makes this defense go. You know what's so interesting to me about that, Greg? That Those are positions that certain franchises, like one we know well, the yeah. Eagles, they don't value linebacker or safety very highly. The Ravens kind of go the other way, and I think it's because of their experience with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Like they've seen the value of being good at those positions, and so they they invest in it. And for them, it works. And, and listen, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. Like it's not like it's you know it has to be one or the other, yeah. but it's just it's two different philosophies. I think that 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 is proof that there's not necessarily a right answer. No, I would agree with that. It's two different philosophies. Um, but then again, you know, I, I've spoken to defensive coordinators through the years, as you know, and you have too, both at the college level and at the NFL level. And one thing that I learned from really smart guys, guys who are coordinators in the league now, we'd consider high-level coordinators, is when you are lacking at a given position, okay, what that does is it, to some extent, limits your options as a play caller and as a designer of your defense because you're not good enough at that position. So in a sense, you have to call a game or design a scheme based on the fact that you, you're not good enough at a certain position, and that's where it really impacts coordinators. Greg, if you want to take some uh, your football watching the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Light. That's what you should do, actually, while you're watching film, Greg. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights uh, with your colleagues there, NFL Films. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. Hey, another big game, Greg. It's the Jags and the Browns. Kind of sounds like it'll be uh, C.J. Beathard. Yeah. For the Jags. And for the Browns, they haven't announced it yet. But just watching that game, Greg, how could it not be Flacco? I mean, how is this guy 
come off the couch, and next thing I know, he's got 254 yards, two touchdowns with like five minutes left in the game. Yeah, and I watched that tape, and, you know, he's just a professional quarterback. He knows what he's looking at. I mean, there were plays early in the game where I just said, you know, he just sees the safety rotation. It's just it's just natural to him. He's been doing this a long time. He sees it. He knows where to go with the ball. He's an aggressive thrower, which every once in a while will get him in trouble, obviously. That's the way it's been throughout his career, but he will turn it loose. He understands what he's looking at. Um, and he gives them a three-level dimension. They can attack vertically. When you watch the Rams game this past week, he took plenty of deep shots, and there are many coaches who believe that that's important whether you complete them or not because it puts a burden on the corners and on the back-end safeties because they have to be aware of those over-the-top throws. Um, so, I, I, you know, Flacco, look, I'm not going to sit here and say he looked like he looked 10 years ago, but there's no question that he's just such an easy, natural throw of the football. And because of his experience, um, you don't really have to teach him about how defenses react. No, he looked comfortable. I mean, I don't even ah. know how long he's been there. And it makes you wonder, Greg, and you can't answer this, but why other teams, you know, like the Jets or someone, yeah. hadn't signed them earlier. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Because he's clearly, right away... Better than what they've been putting out there. Without, oh, yeah. That, that, that's not even a question, Ross. You're right. Uh, let's make sure we hit these big ones, at least, Greg. Uh, Bills, Chiefs. All is not well in Kansas City, Greg. Something's off there. And everybody's like, oh, their receivers stink. Or their receivers, well, wait a minute. Aren't these the same guys they had last year? I mean... Other than yeah. Juju, they didn't have Tyreek Hill last year either. No, I struggle with that argument. I mean, you can look at a team, and again, we're not going to speak about this right now, but just to make a comparison, you can look at the Packers who are playing with two second-year and three first-year receivers, and they seem to be progressing just fine. So I don't know if that argument holds a lot of water. Um, you know, Mahomes does not look quite the same. Um, you know, I wonder, because the tape shows me this, I wonder if he's just not comfortable with his offensive tackles as one-on-one -on -one pass protectors. Um, you know, Donovan Smith on the left side, Juwan Taylor on the right side, those guys have struggled in one-on-one -on -one pass protection all year. Uh, some Again, I'm not in Patrick Mahomes' head, but, you know, just I'm trying to interpret and extrapolate from the tape. Sometimes I wonder if he just is perceiving pressure and anticipating pressure. And we know that he does have a tendency to move. I spoke to a defensive coach who's played against Mahomes for years, and he said, hey, Mahomes is great, but he moves a lot when he doesn't have to. That's part of his game. So now I wonder if that's just exacerbated because of the fact that he's just not comfortable with his offensive tackles. You know, um, I noticed that with Hurts. That Hurts ah. moves a lot when he doesn't have to nope. either. And I, and I wonder... You know, that's one of those things, Greg, where it's like if you've always been able to do it your whole life, that's got to be a hard thing to get out of your repertoire, right? I would agree. And, you know, it's funny because that's one one issue with the Eagles offense right now is Hertz is leaving a lot of throws on the field. You know, there's some really good offensive designs. Receivers are open. Throws are there. He's not turning it loose. I, only he could tell you why, um, but he's either not seeing it, he's not processing it, he's not registering it. I mean, it started on the first play of the game this past week. He had Stahl wide open with a really well-designed play, wide open on a sale route, looked right at him and didn't turn it loose. And I could give you, we're not going to go through them all because people would need to see it, but I could give you four or five examples from this week where the design of the concept was beautiful, receivers were open, and he didn't throw it. And this has been building up over time. And, and, and then the other
other, the flip side of that is he's leaving the pocket prematurely as well. He's in, he's perceiving pressure that's not there by NFL standards. So um, obviously they're still 10 and two. I think the larger question, Ross, uh, or not a larger question, but a, a, just a significant an issue. Their defense is not getting talked about. Think about this. Last year, they led the NFL in sacks. They had the most third down sacks in the NFL without blitzing. Okay. They didn't need to blitz. This year, they have the fewest third down sacks in the NFL, and they have the worst third down defense in the league, okay? Teams are converting against the Eagles close to 50% of the time. That's If you can't get off the field on third down, the numbers of the quarterbacks in recent games, starting with Dak Prescott week nine, and that's who they're playing this week, starting with Prescott week nine, Josh Allen, Purdy, the third down numbers of these quarterbacks against the Eagles defense is off the charts. That's troubling, Greg. That doesn't sound real good, especially going against this Cowboys offense, yeah. which my whole thing's been like, I feel like uh, Mike McCarthy lied to us, Greg. He said when he got the job, I want to run the ball and let my defense rest. Uh, you know, they've been way more dynamic and explosive on offense under McCarthy than I was expecting. Uh, you know, I wonder if that's the Brian Schottenheimer influence. He's their coordinator. You know, he's been around the league. When he was in Seattle, a lot of people felt he did a great job. Um, so, you know, it could be his influence there. But, you know, two things are really standing out with Dak. Number one, well, with the scheme. But one with Dak, one with the scheme. Number one, and I w- I'm really surprised by this because it wasn't like this the last couple of years. Dak has been really good this year making off-schedule plays. Really good. He sees the field really well on the move. Um the last two, three years, he was essentially a pocket quarterback. And I thought that's the way the rest of his career would be. But this year, he's really been a good off-schedule player. Um, and the second thing, because their O-line has been playing really well, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch them a lot, but Tyron Smith looks like he did five years ago. He's playing at a really high level at left tackle. So they've played a lot more empty formations over the last five, six weeks. And they've been super efficient out of empty formations. Well, I noticed that their offensive line is playing awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. They have a really, really good group. Greg, you're really, really good every week. Truly appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. It's funny. When I talk with Greg, I can just tell he's smarter. Like, that, you can just tell you're talking to somebody smart. That's how I always feel when you talk with someone that's bilingual, right? Or that knows more than one language. Especially, by the way, if it's not like they're from another country. They just took the time to really learn another language, crazy impressive. You guys know how I feel about Babbel because we used it before we went to the Galapagos Islands. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I love this idea of gift for the holidays, giving someone a gift somewhere internationally and also giving them a Babbel subscription. How awesome is that? You want to talk about thoughtful, like, hey, we're going to go to Mexico or Spain or Europe or whatever, right? But also, I'm going to help you learn the language a little bit before we go over there. And I got a special limited time deal for you guys to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for you guys at babbel.com slash raw. So you're getting 55% off. At babbel.com slash Ross. It's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tux takes.
All right, Ross, some quarterback news. Jets are going back to Zach Wilson as their starter, and the Vikings are sticking with Josh Dobbs. Right. We don't know the Browns yet. Uh, we don't know for sure the Jags yet. I think the Vikings sticking with Josh Dobbs makes sense. He had one terrible game. Let him bounce back from it like you would let any other quarterback bounce back from it, especially having Jefferson there. I don't know who else they have that would do better than what Dobbs had done for them. And then the Zach Wilson thing. I'm glad we talked to Booger yesterday and talked about that before the news came out. He says that that report was absolutely not true. I, I tend to think that there's some truth to that. Unless someone in the Jets organization just despises Zach Wilson that much that they would lie to two reporters, I would tend to think that there was a little bit of truth somewhere there. You know, I mean, you're going to make up that Aaron Rodgers talked to Zach Wilson about it? I don't know. Eagles safety Justin Evans is done for the year after not being activated from the IR, and the team cuts linebacker Christian Ellis to make room for Shaq Leonard, Rams signed kicker Mason Crosby, and the Texans signed safety Adrian Amos. Nothing really jumps out to me there other than DoorDash being delicious. And whenever the clock stops on this podcast, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings at a halftime, that's ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. You want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. Here's what you need to know. Here's the other things you need to know, Jack. Mike McCarthy had surgery for acute appendicitis. I think he'll be back for the game on Sunday. I'd be surprised if he's not. Uh, SportsInjuryCentral.com, Dr. Chow, said that that happened North Turner on a Friday, and he still coached Sunday. We got the Patriots and the Steelers tonight. I like the Steelers because, number one, they're playing at home. Number two, they're playing the Patriots. And then number three, you know, they almost always bounce back from the Tomlin special. There's a name for it. When the Steelers lose that game, they should never lose. They almost always bounce back from it. I can't remember them not bouncing back from it. I don't think there's a lot of points in this game. I don't know. 16-9, 13-9, Steelers, take the under. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out, myfrontpagestory.com. I know you guys don't know what to get one of your loved ones. How about this? You're going to order at myfrontpagestory.com. Send me the sponsor confirmation. I guarantee I'll sign up, press pass, send it to you. There's no like, you might be the winner, we don't know. No, no, no. I will sign the press pass from this season and send it to you. I'll even pay for the stamp. Myfrontpagestory.com. Lovebackoffischeduler.com. Go-Bangles.com. Steakhousesports.com. Humanheadnyc.com. Sporticulture. And Pizza Boy Brewing.